You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. I want to wrap up the whole series on the parable of the checkpoint. If it's your first Sunday at LifePoint, thank you so much for coming. Uh, God bless you. Let's, yeah, let's celebrate them. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, what has been important for me this whole series has been this whole concept that when God gives us our inheritance in Christ Jesus, he also gives us authority. He, he comes with us on the way. Yeah, just shine the light of the world on me. <laughs> All right, but he comes with us on the way. But what we then find uh, is that there's all sorts of contention because God has sent you. All right? And as we proceeded on the... I, I began to realize that, look, it's one thing to teach Christians about victory, but we must explain to us that that victory is enforced as we fight. All right? So he says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And so there is a wrestling that happens. All right? Uh, help me tell the person next to you. Tell them you are a fighter. You're a, you are a fighter. Okay? You're a fighter. And... Uh, it's that call today, so we, we, we're going to try and end. And, and we said, look, come. so what will happen as you go through the journey that God has called you to is that you will get to checkpoints. Um, I've, I, I've had different experiences at checkpoints before. And one of the things you would hear sometimes as you get to a checkpoint is the phrase, uh, what is in your boots? Our policemen like to communicate to us uh, on our level. So they'll say, waiting you carry, right? Waiting day your boot, right? And tonight, I think, this morning, I think, <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's interesting that we examine that thought, all right? Uh, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. Uh, if you, it's, it's a big deal for us as a church, so... We will uh, want you to invite friends and family to come in at as early as 8.30, 8.45. Service starts at 10, but we're going to have breakfast. Um, just, <laughs> we're going to have breakfast. And we're, so what we want to do as church is to put out a spread. But we'll also ask you to bring whatever you can. So biscuits, uh, chicken, preferably fried, roasted, uh, Whatever you think, whatever you think, if you if you have a special, I mean, I don't know, Tolu, you make you fry eggs very well, very well. And so bring a basin of your special special fried rice or fried eggs with health warnings. Uh, <laughs> um, it's true because I remember when Tolu just had his first baby. I remember Tolu asking whether he was going to put sugar in the baby food. And I remember, that's right, that's you, right? You're not joking, Tolu. You're <laughs> being truthful. But, uh, so you might not want, so you might be sugar in Tolu's fried rice also. But bring stuff. Um, and bring, even if it's a drink, non-alcoholic drink. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, bring something. We will all bring something. So would 8.30... 9, 9.30, all the way to 9.45, we'll break bread, we'll share. Uh, the service, uh, we'll do a lot just worshiping God and thanking him for the gift that we have in Christ Jesus. And then right after the service, we'll be asking people who have never been baptized in water. And so for the first time, what we will do instead of going to our normal location outside church is that we have a, a small pool right somewhere here. And, and so don't rush away after service, you know, if you... Uh, you get to see, you, you just want to witness that whole, you know, uh, public declaration of faith. So if you're getting baptized, invite your family. There'll be worship, there'll be music. Um, myself and the other pastors will be wearing shorts so you can see um, <laughs> our hot or not so hot uh, legs. But it promises to be, a, <laughs> you're laughing at me for that. So that, for that reason, you will be wearing shorts also. <laughs> oh, Heavenly Father, let's, let's pray this morning. Let's pray this morning. I'll ask you to pray 
for yourself this morning as we approach God's word, I'll ask you to pray that God will speak to you from his word. The Bible says he sent his word and healed. He sent his word and delivered. Let this be more than just uh, time spent religiously. Lord, we are asking that you will inform, you will exhort, you will encourage, you will inspire. Lord, we are asking that you would break through for us. Lord, we are asking that an anointing will come, an anointing here already, but it will be multiplied, that you will do work both within and both outside. You will speak, uh, Lord God, a word to us that will change someone's path and someone's course forever. You will heal diseases and you will provide strength. You will provide clarity. Let no injustice be done to the teaching and the preaching of your word. Father, we come expectant and with courage. We say, Lord, speak to our hearts. We bind distractions. We bind everything the devil sends to block our ears, to take our focus away. Lord, we release in this place an abundance of joy, the spirit of liberty. We declare, our Father, that as we hear you, Lord God, lives are changed. We give you thanks. God's people shout a big amen. Amen. So Isaiah 61, 63 and 11 says, Then he remembered the days of old, Moses and his people saying, Where is he who brought them out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who put his Holy Spirit within him? Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 10, the Bible says, Then Judah said, The strength of the laborers is failing and there is so much rubbish. One translation says there is so much rubble that we are not able to build the wall. Okay. Help me ask the person next to you. Help me ask them, what do you carry? You know, what do you carry? Uh, what do you carry? Yeah. Yep. Because when you get to checkpoints in life, you know, sometimes they're curious about, you know, I, we prayed in the service about an end to the manifestation of evil in our police force. Uh, and sometimes, you know, <laughs> people say prayer is not everything that you need. But there's a, there's, there are things that have, the Bible says the things which are seen, it says they are made from the things which are not seen. All right? So when you, when you hear or see things that you don't like in our society, as we try in the physical to change them, I'll ask you to spend time praying about them also. In this case, as construction goes on, right? Um, Nehemiah and his guys are building. Uh, they have put a guard. They, everybody's carrying their weapons. Um, one of the things that they notice is that there is rubble. Okay, if you there's rubbish everywhere. It says that the strength of the laborers was failing and that there was so much rubbish that we were not able to build the wall. Um, I wonder how many people are carrying uh, rubble. Because some of that rubble would have come from the walls that were destroyed in the past. So when the walls were brought down, there was rubble. There, so there were things that have happened in the past. It's interesting that some of that rubbish wouldn't have had anything to do with the guys who were currently building. Some of that rubbish or the rubble would um, have come from their own work. Ogo and I went to a construction site about three weeks ago, and it's an interesting place to go to because, you know, you, you can't just walk. In fact, there are certain things you cannot wear there, certain things you cannot do. Jesus calls his disciples to travel light because there's a way you can load a vehicle, you can load a car, that it begins to have an immediate 
impact on its ability to accelerate. All right? So Jesus' disciples are called to travel light. And there is weight that will reduce acceleration. No wonder the book of Hebrews, he says, therefore, I think Hebrews 12, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and then the sin which so easily ensnares us. It says, and so let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. It is interesting how he almost makes them contemporaries. Weights, rubble, rubbish, things from the past, and sin. Things which are not useful to the work, but are there. Things which, it says, the rubble was so much. I like how when you're traveling and, you know, the nice uh, people across the counter will say to you sometimes, did you pack this bag yourself? And, you know, then you pray, you, you ask yourself, you know, you then ask yourself, did I really pack? And the reason they're asking you is that because sometimes if you're not careful, um, you might be carrying things which you are not supposed to carry. The joy you typically have when you've packed your bag yourself is you know every single... But if you are taking a bag that someone else has packed for you, which you should never... You should never do. Um, where were we coming from? Uh, where uh, I, was at, I was at some airport. And then these guys walk up to me. We're coming back to Nigeria and say, okay, you're only checking in one bag. I said, yes. Uh, can you help us check in another bag? <laughs> um, I was polite. <laughs> but I was very honest. I said, no. In fact, if I had money, I'd rather buy you somebody else another ticket to go with your bag. Because, but the truth is that in life, we haven't packed <laughs> our bags ourselves, all our bags ourselves. The guy sitting next to you, some of the stuff he's carrying is not all, wasn't all packed by him. One place in scripture, it says the fathers have eaten saw grapes and the children's teeth have been set on edge. So some people are carrying issues that they did not necessarily originate. Nehemiah 4 says that the rubbish was great, was a lot. And so we could not, it began to restrict our ability to build the world. For some people, they are, they are dealing with daddy issues. Huh? Some people, that the daddies were absent. Some people, their problem was that the daddy was present. Some people are dealing with parental models who were either violent or just irresponsible. Some people are carrying rubble that came from failing early in life. It's interesting that while I like challenging children, it's not always fun if when they bring out results, you are 32 out of 32. Right? So on one hand, this whole system where at the end of the term, all the children get an award. I'm like, no, that's not an award. Give my daughter the award. You know, let her be first. I, you like it when your child is first. You call your brother and say, ah, oh, they've even finished school today. Uh, they've closed, but Hugo was just saying she was first again. I don't even know. <sighs> it's just uh, such a burden, eh? <laughs> she was first. Her brother was second, eh? but he will try better next step. You, you want that, but when your child comes and says he was 31 out of 32, <laughs> or 32 out of 32, and the child is now smiling. <laughs> ah, it's going to carry some rubble. 
Because that interaction is never fun. So I don't understand. Even that boy, IK, in your class, he was ahead of you. <laughs> For some people, it was a heartbreak. Early in life, if I'm a fair girl, she told you, you're not my type now, in the future, or in the life that is to come. <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, people are carrying rubble. Like, the challenge is that we then package it and put it in the boots. Because you don't want your church people to see it. I saw a video of a guy proposing to a girl on the aisles of a, a shopping mall. I think, I don't know which one it was. And you could see the girl, I think she's Christian. Really, she didn't get upset. She was really like, oh. Trying to well up com- compassion for the guy. But I think she knew that. But so she walks away. And that guy, it takes a bold guy to, to stand up from there. <laughs> what she really just says, we're, we're, we're acting a movie. We're acting a movie, you know. But sometimes you don't forget that in a hurry. When this series started, I remember saying how, telling myself how, it's amazing that, <clears throat> that how life seems to happen is that the things people run from sometimes drive them to become those things. It's amazing how people dislike their parents so much that they become their parents. People dislike their mother so much. I used to tease my mother. However, sometimes she'd just be talking. I'm like, you know, this is how your mother used to talk. Because sometimes as you gather rubble, and I'll talk about it in a minute, there's a concept called bitterness. Sometimes being Nigerian, if the truth be told, can be weighty, can be heavy. Sometimes you have a visa, but when you're getting to the counter, your heart is still beating. If truth be told, I mean, we're praying that it will change. Sometimes when you go for the, sometimes when you go for the uh, visa interview, just the fact that you're Nigerian can be a weight. I remember uh, while I was in business school, going back to one of my models one time and I said to my friend who's German, George, look, how are you? And he says, no, how are you? Because apparently it had been in the news that there had been violence in Nigeria. And I don't think I don't think I'd felt so bad. Because the way he said, no, 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 you don't ask me how I am. How are you? <laughs> but you know that <laughs> and I digress a bit, but you know that there's a place you get to in life People like Aliko, my friend. Uh, <laughs> where when you apply for the passport, they don't look at the passport anymore, right? They look at the name. They see Aliko. They don't see. You think they see his green passport? No. They, they look at the name. This is the wealthiest man in Africa. To so come to our country again and again. <laughs> and the truth is that for, for us as Nigerians, it will get to a place where God will manifest such destiny and power and wisdom through you that but you, you do know that there is the name that is above all names, right? <laughs> I'm praying that it, our experience will be such that no matter what weights, what rubble, what rubbish, what is in the past, that we will get to the place where what shows up when we are under consideration is the name is the name of Jesus. The Bible says at the mention of that name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, even visa officers. Help me ask the person next to you, ask them waiting you carry. Ask them you. If you're trying to be posh, you don't know how to do this waiting you carry, just ask them, what are you carrying? You know, some of you are too posh like that. You're like, you're like I can't say speaking pidgin English in church, P.I. I just got back from, from Ibadan. <laughs> 
What can I not take to the future? Do you know that song? Have, have you been to Jesus? You, you don't know it. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? You don't know it. You guys don't know it. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Give me K E E or F. Or <laughs> uh, are, you <laughs> are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood? That's, how, that's the last part I know. I don't know if you continue singing. You have to sing it yourself. Da 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 da. Are you? Ah, that's what we know. That's in the blood. What can I not take to the future? It says that the rubble, the rubbish was so much that the builders, that the building of the wall could not continue. Those police people will say, what are you carrying? What, what are you carrying? Um, and there are different theaters of warfare. We talked about warfare last week. Um, in one place, Paul would say, look, don't you know that you would, if you cannot settle this matter, there's a civil issue. He says, don't you know that you would have to judge angels? So there's, there's participation in government and warfare in the heavenlies. There are civil matters. In one place, he would say, the person who is going to operate and lead in a church. He says he should have been able to manage affairs in his home. So there are different theaters of operation. One thing that has become increasingly clear to me is that private victories, I remember it was about two or three months ago, it came to private victories, and I wrote it down, will most often precede public victories, private victories, and I'll tell you how this ties, because for someone, we're under performance pressure, we're trying to show the world and people outside that we have arrived, and the things are okay, and the world has been rebuilt, but God is saying there are private victories that need to be won, David will say in first Samuel 17, I think it's 34, 35. He says, there was a bear, there was a lion. He says, but when they came, I killed them. But nobody knew about it. So for someone, the dealing with the rubbish that is gathering on your site, Nehemiah, is a private victory. For someone, you are a bit concerned about the fact that you don't have trophies yet. But God says, look, there are private victories that must happen first before public victories start to happen. Now, Arsenal fans understand that. Yeah. We are winning battles. Not we, God forbid. I've, I've moved on to live to, well, I'll know in a couple of weeks, Liverpool or Man City. <laughs> The last day of the week. That's why I tell you, I buy the jersey. But private victories. Because, <laughs> ah, this one I must say. You know, my wife knows this. I hate this. When you go to the airport, they say, sorry, sir, your bag is too heavy. You have to remove items. That thing is one of my worst nightmares. When you now come to the airport and I'll be bringing out things. And you know, you didn't, and you know the things you pack last. And not the things you want to bring out first at the airport. Maybe some. <laughs> so you're using your body to block the bag. <laughs> so the, uh, oh, I have to focus on this one. So the last time we traveled, I'd been warning everybody at the hotel. Nobody will embarrass me with heavy bag. And then they put my own bag on the scale. <laughs> and it was heavy. I just boned. <laughs> Even if I'm fine business class, can my bag not be heavy? But, 
but some of the victories that need to be won are private victories. Some weights, it says Hebrews 12, letting go of weights. It says, I know there are sins. If I want to be, you know, fancy, I would say he mentions the weights before he mentions the sin. Because sometimes there are weights that people are carrying. What is weighing us down? What is weighing us down? Our Christian lives are like construction sites. Because construction sites are full of work in progress. But yet, it is a lot of value. Construction sites are reflective of the architect's design. But it, you can't live there yet. I said that a construction site is a prophetic place to be in. They're not always pretty. Sometimes for other people to come into a construction site, they have to wear helmets. And sometimes to come into your life, we still have to wear helmets. Because sometimes there are things that spark. Help me ask the person next to you, what are you carrying? What are you carrying? What are, what are you carrying? <laughs> what are you carrying? Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, if you read in the Amplified, it says, come unto me, all you who are weary and are heavy, heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace. It says, and I will give you rest, refreshing your souls with salvation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, following me as my disciple. It says, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest, renewal, blessed quiet for your souls. It says, for my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. When you see people who are climbing mountains, for whatever reason, yeah? Uh, people say, I'm on my bucket list, I want to climb Mount Everest, like save journey. I, we just we speak to mountains. Mountains move. You don't have to climb them. I'm just saying this guy. No one day my wife is hey, just let's go and climb a mountain. I'm not going. I'll wait for you downstairs. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> and it actually happened before. One day we went to was it where we go? No, Abiakuta. So she can't climb Oluma Rock or something. I mean, I sat, I sat in the car. Even Pastor Godman couldn't drag me out. I sat in the car. Pastor Deb, Godman, Pastor Deba, Pastor Tony, they went up. They were sending me pictures. And we're, and we're all still fine today. I, I didn't leave Benin to be climbing mountains. <laughs> but what, what are you carrying? What, but those who are climbing real mountains know that <clears throat> there are certain things you cannot take with you. I mean, there, there are shoes you cannot wear. All these nice high heel shoes, you can't. Your fancy iPad, sometimes you can't carry it with you. Three things. Now put this together and we pray this Sunday morning. One is that we will have to build. So, so you see that rubble, that rubbish we're talking about? We will have to build with some of the materials from the past. We will. We will have to build with some of the materials from the past. That there will be lessons that we need to learn from experience. That there will be things we cannot throw away from the lessons of the former generations. In fact, when you read through Israel's journey, you would see God talking about Abraham. And he says, one of the reasons I am very comfortable with Abraham is that he will command his children and his household after him. In fact, I, I love Joshua 4, 6 to 7, 
Because a huge miracle has just happened. They've just crossed, I think it's the Jordan. When you read verse 6 to 7, he says that this might be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? But you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Because sometimes out of the rubble, you will have to pick out testimony stones and build upon them. You go to a construction site, they tell you it might be broken, but it's still useful. And for someone, some of the stuff that has come from the past, some you did not originate, some you did, is the stones, are the stones that God wants to build upon. For someone, there are people in your life that you should be asking questions now. It does not matter whether they are super successful or not. In fact, some of them are not successful. That is the reason you should be asking them questions. So what happened? I ask them nice. What happened to you? How did you marry this kind of woman? We'll give you five points. She was wearing tight dress. You write it down. I was in a hurry. You write it down. Her father had money. You write it down. Let me tell the person next to you, tell them, start asking questions. Start asking questions. Yeah. Someone you still have grandfather, take time out. If he, if he uses WhatsApp, chat with him. They have time. Ah, no. Some of you, your parents are retiring. If you're like my, my father, I don't know where, I, some, I think that they have like old people discount for data. My father sends me random videos. I don't know. Like, true. I don't, 90% of it, I don't even touch. What I see is from him, I just move on. I, just, I, don't, I don't talk. Just video after video after, I actually believe that they have special data in Benin. <laughs> you know? Everywhere. <laughs> maybe like, most of you are like above 60. Maybe the networks don't charge you. You just supply data to, to terrorize your children. <laughs> and some they are shameless. Even when he knows it's forward, he just forwards it forward. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't of, so isn't of you being at the receiving end Start asking them questions. Some people are walking in pride. I say this. And so there is material that God is looking to build with in your life. There is knowledge within your particular lineage that is beneficial for where God is taking you to. That you don't. So ask your father, look, when did you meet God? For those of you who have believing parents. How did you... What did you find to be the biggest challenges um, in your 30s? What do you wish you had done differently? For some of you, you don't have a grandfather, ha- but you have parents. They will be, and they will be so happy. For some of you, you have mentors. Some of you have, so when people say to me, Pierre, I'd like you to mentor me. I, I do the nice thing of saying, oh, yeah, that's great, you know, and as God allows us to progress the relationship, we will, you know, see how it goes and trust God for the very best out of this relationship. But what I say to people who really want to be mentored is, would you please ask me a question? And then I can, I can answer. That you would, <laughs> because pride is sometimes what blocks us from questioning and then learning. Because you would have to use some of the material, some of that rubbish on your site, you would have to use it. Sometimes grace is released in knowledge and stories. Joshua says, these stones that we are picking will be a testimony. It will be the basis of faith. It will be the basis of a walk with God. For someone, you are, you, there's the key to what you are dealing with is 
is in the hands of the generation. For someone you've not read a biography or an autobiography before. And, and, and so you don't even have to read it. Sometimes you just have to listen to it. I remember reading the, I don't know if it's an autobiography, I don't know if he wrote it himself. So the biography of uh, the general overseer of the redeemed Christian church of God. And I was just stunned about how God works in the lives of people. And no, Instagram is not the same thing as biograph. That is managed information. Right? Help me ask the person next to you. Ask them, what are you carrying? Ask them, what are you carrying? What are you carrying? What are you carrying? Sometimes we would have to, so we would have to reuse some of the material from our past. Sometimes we would have to heal from some of the material from our past. It's an interesting one. Jeremiah 8, 22 says, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, And if any man is in Christ, is a new creature. All things are passed away and all things are become new. It's amazing that as we study scripture and compare scripture with scripture, how much of that transformation is clearly spiritual, how much of it is required in the soul over a period, and how much of it is futuristic in the sense that our bodies will then be changed when Jesus comes. But there are parts of our souls that sometimes need healing. I've said it here before, that time in itself is not a healer. The same way time does not boil an egg. And so for some people, there are things which have been broken down sometime before you came, which you have to heal from. If you grew up in a house where your parents fought. I, this is not, you know, when we say we are fighting nowadays, we are sending text messages or WhatsApp messages back and forth. We are blocking ourselves on Instagram. and say we are fighting with him. You're not fighting nothing. That's technological warfare. Real fights. Things are flying. Bottles are breaking. Hair. Blood. Idris. <laughs> As violence. I know that's domestic, but the truth is that some people here have grown up under that kind of atmosphere. You've grown up with parents that called each other names. You've grown up, and it wasn't targeted at you, but that was the environment under which you grew up. What are you carrying? For some of you, it might just have been mismanagement, and I don't. It might just have been a job. Someone once said to me that her boss would just in just all sorts of abuse. If you are Nigerian, you do need a bit of healing, and I'm not being funny. I'm serious, because if you think people driving one way with sirens is normal, you need healing. I'm telling you. Even just the shock of light going off, on, off, on, half, off. And they really, they're trying to test you. They bring on, as you put on your TV, off. If you do that for 10 years, you need healing. <laughs> After when they bring the light, you're just looking at it like, you're testing me, right? <laughs> and, you know, you, and you know, it's perfect now. You know, in those days, it's just never up, never now we don't move anymore. I'm using my vata. You poor liars. And after like, I know, it gets bad when you've had life for three days and then you're afraid. <laughs> you need healing. There's something in your soul that is used to, that has accepted disorder as normal. Because sometimes when we're in traffic, I'm just looking around and like, the intention with people are driving. I'm like, no, this is not right, guys. Can we all just pack our cars, come down, and agree that this is not right? But you know, when you now want to try and do things properly, you want to know how traffic, you know, I don't know if that, tra that traffic word is a, is a tricky one. It's not a real English word. But if you're in Lagos, you know what it means. 
I'm going to even say with an accent, when you now trafficate, <laughs> that's when people are like, ah, <laughs> Lena. <laughs> okay, move, move. You know, sometimes you're waiting for people to go, okay, there's somebody, okay, you, you, you need healing. Just even the noise of generators. Room, 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 room. So sometimes Lagosians cannot deal with quiet. Sometimes when we go to Abuja, we're like, everywhere is just quiet. You're shaking. It's withdrawal symptoms. You're shaking. Just, what? Say, put on music. Put on music. Put on the TV. But you're used to the noise from your neighbor's heavy-duty generator. But to, to carry that disorder that it says the whole of creation is as if it's in the pains of childbirth waiting for the manifestation to carry all that disorder within your soul without attention to its healing without saying god would you without asking looking to god to heal says the lord is my shepherd i will not want he leads me by still waters he restores my soul to be content because it's like carrying things within. And, and then one day you're in a relationship and, you know, things are going on and going on. And then the guy does something that seems very small. Yeah. But, you know, it just packs off and then you just erupt like a volcano. Boosh. The guy is stunned. Even you are stunned. Love is a healer. I'm not talking about for lack of love or to lose love. Love, <laughs> so Paul will talk about a concept of being rooted and established in love. So it means that you draw your resource from love. Let me ask the person next to you, are you in love? Are you in love? I love how this lady in front of me is just, the way she's asking the question, you know she's asking it because she's in front of me. She's like, honestly, next, last time I sit in front of UPI. <laughs> but that when we meet Jesus, we are literally supposed to be in love. Because that love brings healing. Truth brings healing. Restoration brings healing. For someone, I think I'd written this down three Sundays ago, that phrase in scripture, it says that those who were looking for the life of the child, it says they are dead. Because someone, as the rubbish was gathering, you put up all sorts of fences so that now when you have grown up, and those fences are no longer needed. You are still used to how you used to behave. So little things like some counseling and even therapy. Counseling and therapy. And we have got counselors in church. For someone... You might need to find a license, a professional therapist, and just have a conversation. For someone, there is a need for the changing of thought patterns. A need for the changing of thought patterns. Because we can be taught how to think. About a year ago, I remember saying how that the Holy Spirit is longing to be our mental coach. There was a gentleman called, uh, what's his name, Murray. Uh, he used to play tennis, yeah, he still plays tennis. And I remember in the earlier days of his career, he used to be so erratic. And he would, his opponents knew that if he, once you got him flustered, that was it. He would be upset, he would hit the ball anyhow. But then you get a proper mental coach who tells you, who teaches you about focus. I like how the book of James, in James 5, 16, he says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another 
that you may be healed. And then he says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's, it's a talk, I said it's amazing how the amazing power, it's interesting how the amazing power of prayer is put within the context of vulnerability and dependence on fellow Christians, on trustworthy Christians. Because not all men have faith. And if you trust somebody once and they betray the trust, you trust them a second time and they betray the trust. <sighs> but for some of us, you are carrying burdens that you have never shared with anyone before. And where God is taking you to, you, that extra weight needs to be dropped down. For some people, there are burdens you are carrying that are dispensing the dividends. You know how when you invest, you get regular they are just So every month, you get a check of condemnation. You get a check of guilt. And, and sometimes half of it is sharing with someone and saying, you know, that time I was in America and I was doing my master's, I had a part-time job. I was actually into um, forensic IT, Yahoo, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I used to move most of that, yeah. So, But I've repented. I tell the person next to you, tell them, I know you've repented. I know you've repented. <laughs> tell them, I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. If I could sing them that Lean on Me song, that whole, uh, <laughs> tell them you can lean on me. Do you know that song? That, uh, how come you are the one I have today? That whole, can you not play all that song? Should I, that whole, tell them you can talk. Someone is already confessing. Timon is confessing to the person next to her. When I was 17, I took the meat and all that. Uh, it says to confess your faults one to another. Let me ask the person, have you confessed? <laughs> have you confessed? And, and you have pastors here. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to have a chat with anyone. I mean, there are pastors here, so don't, don't over, I can't, I can't take everybody's confessions. But Pastor Ogo is here, Pastor Tulu, Pastor Tokwe. In fact, most of the people that say, if I ask them, are you a pastor, are you a minister? Talk to them. What are you carrying? Last part is that you have to discard some of the material from your past. That there is actual stuff there that you cannot use. And so you actually have to discard it. There's stuff that you can use. There is stuff that you have to heal from. But there is stuff that you have to discard I spoke about this earlier, how that one of the challenges of gathering experience in life is that there's an opportunity to become bitter. Uh, Joseph, in my humble belief, will never have become prime minister if he had allowed himself become bitter by the things that he had gone through. But there was a revelation, and this is true, of love that Joseph had that his brothers did not have. Don't forget that Joseph's father loved him specially and then put a coat upon him. So every time Joseph dressed up, he said, my father loves me. And so there was so much love within Joseph's heart that when he starts to, when your own brothers are saying, let us kill him. All your brother said was that they don't like your, your, that your head is round. And he said, hey, he offended me. I've never talked to him. They said, we are killing him. Cut off his neck. The one brother says, no, let's sell him. This is Joseph with a dream. And the guy is not bitter. And all that happens, Joseph's like, I must be dreaming again. Wake me up. And this is no dream. But he sees the hand of God. Potiphar buys him. So you are now somebody's property. 
And so I suspect in his hair, head, he's hearing that, his brother saying, let us see what will become of his dream. But in Potiphar's house, the grace of God manifests. Potiphar trusts him with his house, then woman trouble. Just lie with me. I'm not lying with you. I'm a life pointer. My pastor said we should not be kissing at all. We don't kiss. We don't kiss. No, sorry. We're not kissing. Yeah, just, just one kiss. <laughs> Look, uh, uh, Joseph, have you been kissed by an Egyptian before? You've not been kissed by an Egyptian. You don't know what it is. <laughs> Joseph said no. And they are, you know, they are talking, talking. She grabs it. Again, they remove his garments. Boy, he's naked. He's running around. I didn't do anything. He said, no, you did it. Prison. At that time, he should have a PhD in bitterness. Because you get to prison, the grace of God shows up again, but you're in prison. Ex-slave, now in prison. So his CV at that time, former son, ex-slave, condemned prisoner. In some places, attempted rape. And then it starts to manifest the gifts of God. Tells one man, you will do this. One man, he says, remember me in the kingdom. He says, maybe, you remember me. And the guys go, they forget him. But, you know, all through this series, Genesis 49 has been resonating in my heart. If you read verse 23 to 24, it says, the archers have bitterly grieved him. This is the patriarch blessing Joseph. He says the archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. But he says, but his bow remained in strength. He says, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. I don't know what has happened to you in life. But you must maintain that you will not become bitter. Jesus, realizing that he's about to go into the biggest thing in his life, his earthly life, he says, Lord, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Because forgiveness in itself is one of the greatest acts of faith. One of the greatest expressions of our faith in God. That you will forgive before you feel like it. That you would forgive before you become bitter. That you would forgive before they apologize. That you would forgive before they even acknowledge that they did something wrong. It says the archers have bitterly grieved him. They have shot at him and hated him. Sometimes we all sing a lot, my our haters, and you don't really have any haters. To be, if truth be told. But people, this one they told him, we hate you. You must never allow your detractors drag you to their level. That you must empty the room and fill it with God's love, Nehemiah. Someone you have caught glimpses of where God is taking you, what he's calling you to rebuild. But the rubbish is a lot. And sometimes the strength of the laborers is failing. Yeah, almost there. So, back in the day, maybe and some of Timony, you won't, you won't know this because uh, you probably used to buy your beans and rice from the store where it's all packaged from Turkey or, or whichever Louis Vuitton shop sends you your rice. But back in the day, um, Tolu, you should know this, Ogo, by my age mates. <laughs> and um, they would sometimes have to pick rice. Or, now, is it rice or beans, right? Beans. Some rice, some beans, yeah, okay. And sometimes they would put it on a tray. But in that tray, 
if you cooked it like that, <laughs> you, you would have to do some spiritual warfare as you were eating because it would have both the, it would have stones, it would have weevils, it would have sometimes the, it wasn't what you wanted to eat. The, the what? The shark, you see exactly, it's a good person. And then in Nigeria, you would see them put it on a tray and then they would begin to pick and then sometimes they would, they would throw it up. There's a, a very expert way of doing it. I thought I could do it on stage, but I realized I had no clue about how to do it. And then if I tried it, all, everything would be in this. Uh, but they would sometimes throw everything up. And then what would happen is as it lands, that there's a separation that begins to happen between that which you want to keep and that which you don't need to keep. And, and then sometimes in life, God will begin to shake things around in your life. Because you used to be very organized and you used to be all in control, but he would shake things and you're like, oh God, what's all this? <laughs> God, people would see me, but God, I'm no longer in control. And he would, he would blow and then the shaft will be removed. He would shake it again and then Tunde will stop calling you. He said, Lord, what, what is this? And he said, the old has gone, the, the new is coming. And, and then he will shake it again and your phone will crash and you would lose Jennifer's number. He said, God, why? He says, the old, out with the old and, and in with the new. And he would shake it again and that wound that you had buried very carefully will, will be obvious. And you say, Lord, why? I thought I'd gone past this. And he would say, we have to deal with this. Your, your husband is on the way. He's just gotten his visa to come back from America. He's, he's supposed to meet you in three months. I need you to be ready. And you, what you're carrying in your boot, if he opens the boot, he might go back to America. For someone, it says the job, the job, the one I was telling you about, the business idea, it's on the way. The ministry opportunity is on the way. For someone, you, you know that you were molested as a child. And you know the dreams you keep on having. God says, look, let's have this conversation. Talk to a pastor. Talk to a, a counselor. Talk to a therapist. Talk to a friend. Talk to me. But let's not pretend. Let's not pretend. One day Jesus tells his disciples, he says, the man has planted a field with seed. He says, but when men slept, the enemy came and he planted thirds. He says, and the disciples say to him, Master, should we go and pluck them out? He says, look, there's a method to this. And God was saying to me that I know how to bring these things out. I know when to bring them out. I know when to separate things. But you must subject your past to the power of the Holy Spirit. Someone once wrote a note and said, that if your father was in government, a good friend of mine, if your father's in government and they stole money, that evil was going to happen to you in your life. And, 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 and sometimes, you know this, that sometimes when you see the son of an ex-politician who stole money, when you see their son die, you're like, God, yeah, that's it. My God never fails. The challenge with that kind of mathematic in your head is that you also believe that the things that you have done previously in life will, will germinate evil for you. And so you expect evil, you plan for evil. But the Bible speaks about the friend we have in Jesus. The Bible speaks about the blood of Jesus. The Bible speaks about the blood of Jesus. That I should only be carrying in my boots that which I need to build on. I should, I, should be, I should be harnessing that which God has blessed my lineage with. I tell you a fact, my grandchildren are going to be great in mathematics. Because, I don't know about my grandfather, so, but my father was very good in maths. I am very good in maths. I married a woman... Who's, um, 
who's very good in maths. <laughs> but I got an A1 in my maths. I'm not sure what she got. Did you get A1, Mama? Two? Three? <laughs> yeah, I didn't check that before we got married, but... Anyway, so it's A1, A2, A3, like A2. Put the average down. But my children are good in math. So I've seen both of them. I've, I'm serious. I've seen both of them at interviews, sit down. They read math questions to them. My son, he didn't raise the pen. He was just looking at them. They finished. He did the math in his head, called the number. I was like, hey. <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's in the blood. It's there. <laughs> I was so sure I was going to fail it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, there's no way. He's not writing me down. And you couldn't talk as a parent. He just did the thing. He shook his head, shook his head. just called it off. So I know that as far as he marries a girl who maybe got at least A3. <laughs> if he does C6, then I can't speak for his children. <laughs> maybe you have to note this down. Let's have a checklist. Can you just send me your whole SSC result? <laughs> so let me just know what I. That's why our son doesn't do well in Hausa. <laughs> That's my fault, actually. My sweetheart is actually much more intelligent than I am, to be fair. It's not, uh, it's not romantic, but it's true. They're facts. <laughs> They're actually facts. But somebody needs to be saying, What has God blessed us with? Somebody needs to write down 20 questions. Let, them, let your father be the one running away from you. When he sees your message, this boy has come with questions. What do you think about Nigeria? What do you think should be the priority? All this one you say they're giving you unsolicited counsel. No, no, you've got it all wrong. You're the one that'll be telling you, you've not replied my message. Why are you avoiding me? <laughs> are you avoiding me? Someone needs to be having what I call upward conversations. That you will pray in the spirit, there will be questions that there'll be questions that will bubble up in your heart, and you would ask and you would ask, and those questions will save you ten years. Jethro shows up on the scene. One day Moses is proud, saying, Bro, can you see my father Lord, can you see I'm ruling Israel? Can you see millions of people? They come to me. I you're about to kill yourself. So what looks like success to you, sometimes experience can tell you are dying. Just postdated. I just add, see my it's Range Rover evokes. Ah, says no, you're about to die. Ask them about sex. Yeah, they won't talk to you for one week. I'm serious. But someone needs to go to God and say, Lord, where's the balm in Gilead? Someone needs to, this week, onboarding. Where you're going is far. You know, for a long time, I used to say that God has called me to be the chaplain to the president, right? And, that I, and, and that's always, I mean, I'm happy. But I then realized that, in my mind, I thought that was something that will happen in the future. And the truth is that one day, I probably would tell my child, you see that guy who is president now? I was his pastor. In fact, this is the picture. Can't you see him? That guy. That's him. So my point is, there's so much grace. There's so much rebuilding. So when we come out now, as we come, in fact, while we're here, we can hear the people honing as if it's a musical instrument. You know, it's here. <clears throat> you know, it's here that we use our horn. In fact, people have said, I would rather not, it's, it's okay for my brakes not to be working. But my horn is not working in Lagos. No, no, I can't drive. But you don't go abroad and you're like, you know when you go abroad, your horn, people are looking at you, you go, what's happening? Is there danger? Are you? Here. Yeah. Traffic lights. As it's turning green. Because they think you're colorblind. From the back. Pam! <laughs> Yesterday I came out of my car and asked the guy behind, okay, what, what is it? You mean, what?
says, we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3.18. I've been transformed into that same image. The wall will be built. The wall will be built. It won't always be pretty. The wall will be built. It might not look like what God has said it will be yet, but the wall will be built. Um, let's pray. Isaiah 54. We'll pray with that. Say, single barren, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. I don't know who there's a part of your life that, that's inhabited. Do not fear. For you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. For God has called you, church. Like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife, when you were refused, says your God. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with my everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you. Peter says, I have denied you three times. He says, let's build. Gideon says, I come from a poor background. God says, let's build. Saul of Tarsus, I have murdered men in my zeal for religion. He says, let's build. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.